Welcome to The Wonder Podcast with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a woman's minister, speaker, and always the life of the party. Lisa is an author, Bible teacher, and likes to laugh with Chrissy. They've teamed up to give you hope, encouragement, and hopefully a laugh or two. Now grab a cup of coffee, pull up your favorite chair, and enjoy this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to another edition of The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I get the opportunity to co-host this with my ministry partner, Lisa Clark. And we are so excited about today's topic and our guests. Lisa, there's no chit-chat today. Usually I want to know what's going on with you and all of that. (laughs) But we got too much to do today. We do have too much. There is no room for chit chat. Although I do want to say that I've already got my dinner in the slow cooker downstairs. So there we go. I am winning today. I have noticed on social media, you are posting a lot of cooking things. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're starting a new ministry and cooking or... If you're just throwing that in our faces, I'm not sure. I'm not because I've never been a cook. And so I've been spurred on. And so now I'm like, okay, this looks pretty good. I think I'm going to take a picture. But last night's was delicious, but it did not look good. That's why you did not get a picture. Anywho. All right. Sorry to delay us. Today, we are going to talk about parenting adult children. And as our listeners know, Lisa and I, that is the stage of life we're in. We are empty nesters and we are parenting our adult children. And our two guests today, which will introduce their parenting children to adult children. One of our guests still has children at home and children out of the home. So it's going to be a great discussion. And I hope you listen to the whole thing because there are going to be some great things that you're going to need when you hit that empty nesting season (laughs) that is approaching quickly. So our first guest is Linda Polk. Linda Polk is a good friend of Lisa and I. We have been friends for years. Our kids all went to the same school, but she is the president of Sky Ranch where my grandkids go and participate. And of course, that's where Lisa is a part of Sky Moms, and we are so excited to have Linda Polk on. She's been on before, Lisa, if you remember, yeah. yes, to talk about has. grandkids. You know, yes. she had her little, her first. So, amazing, amazing lady. Hello, Linda, and welcome to the Wonder Podcast. Hello, and thank you for having me on again. And boy, is this a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> And has and haven't we all had this had a quite a journey with it so far? <laughs> True. Yes, we have. We've had challenges. And our second guest <laughs> also works for Sky Ranch. She is the vice president of sales and marketing. Her name is Candace Meyer. She's a mom of four, so she has two adult boys that are outside the home, and then two precious girls that still are at home. So she's kind of a split, a split nester. What about that? That's a cool term. She's a split nester. She's got some gone and some still at home. So welcome, Candice. We're excited that you're with us. Mm, Thank you, Chrissy. What a pleasure to be on this call with this much wisdom and this much energy. I feel like I told Lisa, hey, this seems like something great to talk about. I really have nothing to add. I just want to get some wisdom. I've got a lot of questions. Well, look what you stirred up, Candice. Here we are. We're ready to go. 
We're ready to go. So Lisa and I have been empty nesting for quite a while. Linda has two. Our kids are kind of all in that same age bracket. So let's just start with Linda or Lisa. Tell us some things that you've learned about boundaries, because the boundaries are very different than they were when your children were living at home. Linda, what have you learned about boundaries? Oh, goodness, that you have to have them, (laughs) first of all. Uh, And you have to figure out, um, you know, take some time to figure out what that what that means. But your your role changes. You're still a mom. You're still a parent. uh, But the role changes when they're out of the house and the role particularly changes when they're married and that they have their their children. And so learning when to give advice, when to coach them. Uh, when to parent, when to be a friend, you know, what, what, what that role is. So first you kind of have to learn what the role is, uh, especially when you have grandchildren. Uh, what I've learned with grandchildren is that, um, you know, at first we wanted them every single second we could have them. And then we realized that we had to have some boundaries there because they took us up on it. <laughs> and so we, we certainly had to have boundaries with respect to that. But just recognizing that you have an adult child that is no longer living at home. They are independent and your, your parenting shifts. It, it just shifts. You're no longer, uh, they're not no longer under your roof and, and they've got their own mindset on things. And I think it was particularly hard when our daughter, uh, Ashley really didn't need me as much when she, after she became a mon- mother and figured it out at first, honestly, and she knows this and she wouldn't even be ashamed of me saying this. I was wondering whether she could really do it on her own. And then when she figured out that she could, it was actually kind of hard for me, you know, you know, because she needed me so much and, and then she didn't need me as much. But mm-hmm. one thing for sure I've learned is they will always need you. Your role just changes a little bit. Yeah. It's an interesting tightrope walk, isn't it? Because your love for your children has not wavered. You still love your children as much as you did when they were six years old, now that they're 20 or 25 or whatever age, 30. So the love is no different. It's the same. It's the responsibility. It's the calling now. And I remember early on when we were just first dealing with adult children, I was, I had to be real cautious on unsolicited advice because we, uh, in our nature as women and moms is to help and to fix. And so when they would tell me a scenario, I would go right into, well, this is what you need to do. And they would be like, whoa, I wasn't asking. I was just telling you my situation. (laughs) I don't need you to fix this problem with my boss or with my husband or, you know, whatever the situation is. And so it's an interesting tightrope because we've got all this wisdom and we're wanting to share it and we don't have anyone to share it with anymore. And so it's been the learning the boundaries. And I've, I've learned quickly about boundaries with my daughters because I have always, and they told me this even when they were growing up, that mom, sometimes we just want to tell you our situation. We don't want you to fix it. So I learned early on to really listen more and talk less. And then I got a whole lot more information. And so now with adult children, I kind of figured out the boundaries. However, I will tell an embarrassing story on myself. 
with, with regard to boundaries. I think it was the first Christmas Brent and Caroline were married and they were spending the night at our house. And I remember Christmas morning, we were, Carol, Cameron was there because she was still not married and we were ready to celebrate Christmas. Well, I wanted them up and coming down and doing our normal traditions and the whole thing. Well, I just went up there to wake them up. Well, that was not a good idea because there's my son-in-law. I didn't know if he, what he slept in, you know, all of the things. I wasn't even thinking straight. And it's very embarrassing that I even did that. And that he had to have a conversation with my daughter to say, hey, would you tell your mom not to come in the room? You know, I mean, ridiculous, right? Who would have even done that? But I was just like going along my merry way thinking things are just the same. Well, they're not. And so that was just a great lesson for me to be like, oh, wow boundaries are for me, boundaries are for them. We all have to learn to work within this. Right. And I think one of the most important things that you both said is our natural instinct is to jump in and fix it. Mm -hmm. And really, they just want us to listen. Yeah, they they will ask us and they'll make it clear if they want us to give them a solution. Otherwise, we're a sounding board. We're just going to sit there and listen and make mental notes as you're listening. This is how I'm going to pray for Katie. This is how I'm going to pray for Abby. I'm hearing that or I'm sensing this. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you. It's actually very easy once you figure out the rhythm and we quit trying to fix it and quit trying to dominate and still set curfews and all those things that we are used to doing. You know, that's just not our role anymore. Yeah, that's right, Chrissy. And Actually, as Lisa was talking, the uh, I, I made a mental note of uh, to just mention prayer because uh, it takes a lot of prayer <laughs> also uh, in your new role uh, and as you are setting boundaries. But just continuing to pray for your children, continue to pray for God to give you wisdom as the word tells us to uh, and wisdom to deal um, with and love our children uh, with the appropriate appropriate boundaries. So, uh, and I love what you said about the, the fix it and the, the listening Lisa, because, uh, with my, with my, my, my mother, and she knows this, um, that we got to a point where I just finally said to her, I just, can you just listen to me? And so my Mm -hmm. mother really taught me, um, because of how she mothered us, even though she was an, she's been an amazing mom. So nothing to take away from that. Uh, but, um, she she wanted to know what that exactly meant, and I said, just just let me talk, and don't always just give me all your advice, and you know, and tell me, you know, what, how you would handle something, unless I ask for that, you know. Yeah. And so I I felt like I had a, a the opportunity to learn that uh, from my mother the way she mothered us, you know. As adults. that's great. That's great. And to have that great example. Um, so Candace, you're kind of in the in betwixt and between stages right now. You are you're still parenting, but you're also um, but you've also got adult children. Do you feel kind of schizophrenic some days? That's a great descriptive <laughs> word of how I feel most of the time. Because it is it's in this weird transitory state. Um, and I feel but but that's parenting, right? For yeah. about the time you get infancy figured out, they become something, you know, sort of semi-mobile and then they become toddlers and then they go to school. And so you're always in this state of transition. And I've been at parenting now for, you know, only 24 years, but 24 years, which is long enough to know, I think we're going to stay here. I think this series of transition is probably normal. And I watch it even in my own relationship with my own mother, that 
that we're different now than they were when we were five years ago. So I think, you know, change is your constant, I suppose, whether we like it or not. And I do. My oldest is 24 and he's out of the home and working full time. Uh, then I have one in college and that's its own little beast, right? Yeah. That whole, how much freedom we're still helping you. Um, but I don't want to control. And and they, and then he's popping in and out of the home. So he's in part of the time he's out part of the time. And so it's in a constant state of flux. And, um, and then I have a 16 year old daughter and, and that's, you know, that's its own story. And then <laughs> for those of you who have raised daughters, um, and then I have a 10 year old. And so I, I feel, and I find myself almost having to be four different moms, yeah. not just they have four different personalities, but they're all in four very distinct phases of life. Mm. If I tried to parent my 10 year old, like I'm parenting my college student, she'd be out doing whatever she wants, whenever she wants. Right. And that's not okay. She needs right. something that. And so, so it is, um, it's wild and it's crazy and it requires the most intentionality that I can muster in a day to make sure that I am what they need. Not too much, you know, like it's like Goldilocks parenting, right? Not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and some days I feel like I'm killing it. And some days I'm like, holy cow, I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I love that. When Linda and Candace and even Lisa, when you guys think about victories that you've had with your children, successes, and even failures, what comes to mind that would help our listeners? There may be some moms out there that feel like they're failing at this mom thing. And there may be some that just think they're killing it, but they may be making some mistakes along the way. Why don't you share with us just some of your successes or some of your failures, things that you laugh about now, things like that. But I'll, I'll just kick it off while you're thinking when Johnny and Katie had their first baby, I had my bags packed when they left the hospital. I was at the hospital all the time and I was ready to spend the night because my mom spent the night with me. Not only the night, she spent a week with me and we lived in the same town, but she physically moved in my house and helped me. It was my first baby. I didn't know what to do. She was such a great help. And I remember that. And I remember being able to take a shower in peace and all these memories that I had with my mom. So I had my bag packed. We had not even discussed it. I just assumed this is what I'm doing. So I pull up behind them and we're all excited. Jonah's home. We get everything carried in and I have my bag. And Johnny looked at me and he said, what are you staying? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to help you with this. Maybe y'all have no idea what to do. And he said, this is our time. This is our little family and we'll figure it out. You know, we've been to some classes and I thought they have no idea what they're doing. I don't care what class you've taken or what book you've written. Your mother can help you. Let me, you know, I didn't ask to stay, but I was just assuming and my feelings got so hurt. And I got in the car and just cried all the way home. Just like, oh my gosh, they don't need me. And then Katie would call about something. And I would say, well, here's what I'll do. Well, I Google it. And yeah. this is what you're supposed to do. So yeah. yeah, people don't do that anymore, mom. Um, this is what you do. So I learned very, very quickly that I am a counselor now. I'm an advisor. <laughs> if they ask, if they ask. So that's my claim to fame, my embarrassment, failure slash success that pushed me into my new role very quickly. 
<laughs> so so um, just counter to that, uh, Chrissy, I love that. Um, but counter to that, I, uh, Ben and Ashley wanted me to move in. Uh, <laughs> that was the problem. Because <laughs> the same thing, my mother did the same thing for me. And so, I mean, I cooked, I cleaned, I did stuff I don't even do at my own house because I wanted to do exactly what my mother did. And they loved it. Ben wanted to hire me, actually. But but uh, that, I think, is why I had such a difficult time. And I'll share this sweet victory, a difficult time uh, over the uh, the three years that three years went by. And then all of a sudden, Ashley had completely figured it out herself. And she uh, just so proud of her, just such a wonderful wife and mother. Uh, it caused some tension and we were short with each other and we kept trying to avoid, we, we avoided the, the conversation. And then finally we quote um, scheduled a, a, a meeting together and we had such a sweet, transparent meeting and just, just sharing our hearts with each other. And she thought that I had, um, I was upset because she, I, she didn't need me as much as she did. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. I probably, you know, subconsciously uh, was a little short with you because of that. And so we had a healing, a beautiful healing, uh, you know, with respect to it. And now it really established our relationship for the future. And so that was a, a little sweet victory uh, that transpired that started out a little tough. Yeah. And I, I think we all have discovered that. And I think even Candace too, because she's still, even your 16 year old doesn't need you like your youngest. And I think it's just a great training ground for when our kids hit middle age, I mean, middle school, high school, because they do start pulling away and it does prepare us for adulthood when the relationship is totally different. Um, I've already shared my embarrassing moment and I had already been told I wasn't going to be staying the week, but interestingly enough and how God would have it, I did stay the week because Rev, the baby had to go into NICU for a week. And so I was say they really needed me to stay to take care of the dog. Funny, but that's what, that's what happened. They don't even have the dog anymore. And now they want me to stay a month when the baby's born, but uh, <laughs> things, things have changed, but um, I ended up staying and I was able to serve them and, and, and help, you know, them as they went through that really difficult time with their baby and he was fine and all of that. But um, I'll have to say that I think one of the successes along the way has been just getting texts and phone calls from them saying, will you pray about this? And so Chrissy's the one that said the mantle has been passed. Lisa, the baton has been passed. You are now chief prayer warrior. You're not you know, the first level parent anymore, because if you're, once your kids become parents, I know we're not talking about all kids being parents, we're talking about adult kids, but once they start being parents, you're kind of out of that loop of those parenting day-to-day situations and you become more prayer warrior. Well, that's the same with any adult child, because you're not with them during the day. You're not with them at their work. You're not with them in their college classes. And so you are praying for them, but then for them to be able to make that call or send a text. I mean, I got two this morning from my kids. Will you pray about this? Will you pray about this? And so I think that's one of the successes that we kind of, those seeds that were planted to know that one prayer is necessary in life Two, that's what moms are good for 
because we can't fix everything. And I, I think by now our kids know that when they become adults, they know that we're not able to fix all their problems. That's not our role, but we can pray about it and we can be lifting them up to the Lord. So for me, that that's one of the successes is for my the realization that my children have that prayer works and that they can count on me for that. What about you, Candice? Uh, hey, that's, I've just been sitting here thinking about so many things and that's key, right? Um, and Linda mentioned it earlier too, man, they, they know we pray and we know we can pray. And, um, and so that's just been invaluable over time. There've just been some funny things, um, places where I know I just fell on my face and on my head and, <laughs> um, and then things that you're just like, yeah, this is, I, I think I'm figuring it out. Um, but I was just thinking back to a time when my oldest, <laughs> he'd been gone for part of the summer and he was still in college at the time. And he came home and he was sleeping and, and I went in to get him up and kind of caught him off guard. And of course he's laying there sleeping. He doesn't have a shirt on and he rolls over and he's got a tattoo. Ah. And he knows how I feel about tattoos. And, and it, it's just, that's just who I am. You know, I don't want one. It feels like it hurts. That's, it was like that <laughs> moment when I realized I would have said no to that. You didn't ask me. And, and I know that I didn't say those words, but my face said all of that. And he looked at me and I looked at him and we just sat there for a while. And I, these were the words. And so here's the failure, right? That came out of my mouth. I said, just please don't do that anymore. <laughs> and he, he so sweetly looked at me and did not respond. He yeah. just smiled at me. He and gave now, you your moment. <laughs> and he just looked at me and didn't say anything. And, and now here we are, you know, a couple of years and at least four tattoos later. I don't really know. I stopped counting that I don't ask him that anymore. I don't ask him, please don't do that. It's not mine. It's not my body. It's not my decision to make. He is, he loves Jesus more than anything. He's in ministry. He's in youth ministry. I see the people that he serves with and I'm like, oh, this is actually fairly normal for this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, and so it's that generational thing that I just didn't get. It's like the moment that my 16 year old, I realized she doesn't really want to go shopping with me because I hear her talking about side parts and skinny jeans and how cringy they are, <laughs> you know, of which I have both. And rather than get my feelings hurt, I have to learn to respect who they are and, and allow them to have their own identity and their mm. own dignity and realize that the most important thing is not your genes and your tattoos. The yeah. most important thing is your heart. And, and even as, as adults, I'm still working to parent their heart and not their outward appearance, right? I mean, the Lord tells us that. And so- yeah. So I've had those moments where, you know, it's it, because it wasn't my way or it wasn't what I wanted or it wasn't what I liked or it wasn't my preference that I sometimes get my feelings hurt and, and we're just different. We're just different. That's good. That's going to have to be okay. Right. It's just that generational thing. Katie showed me her tattoo on the top of her foot as she sat down to worship. She came in late. You <laughs> good know, timing, Katie. Good timing. She walked in sat down, crossed her legs. And I saw it and I said, that better have a verse with it is all I said. And of course, you know, she come up with something real quick, but you know, it's a generational thing and we grew up different. We think different, but 
They are who they are. And as long as they love Jesus, that's really all that matters, which takes me to the next point. When you think about raising kids and as our listeners are listening, to me, the number one thing you can do as a parent is to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you do that, you are the best possible parent that you can be. Yes, you're still going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to still say the wrong thing. You're going to embarrass yourself. There's going to be things you do that aren't right necessarily. But when as a mother and as a father, if we have our relationship right with God, that is the best parent that we can be. And we cannot do it without him. So that being said, the verse that I lean on is the one where the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and said, oh, you've taught us such great things, but what is the number one thing? And he looked at them and said to love me, love me with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you do that, you'll automatically love your neighbor. And I think when I, I, I pray that when my kids see me living that out, that they will emulate that to their kids. And it will be a generational thing that's passed down for their kids and my grandkids. So when you think scripture, what are some scriptures that you girls lean on as you parent, no matter what season you're in? Uh, one of the things that I, uh, that somebody told me uh, once, and I just continue to, you know, to, to kind of live this out and uh, continue to uh, bring this to forefront is to focus on Jesus and be obedient and everything else falls into place. And that is something that um, has been highlighted in my mind um, since, since I've had adult children uh, and also pointing them to Jesus. Uh, and my scripture would be John uh, 15, 5, uh, which is, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, you know, we've always, um, we've always said that to our kids uh, when they were younger and as adults is, you know, apart from him, you are nothing. We are nothing without him. Uh, and as they see the fruit in your life, and as you continue to point your kids towards Christ, uh, I do believe, uh, as you mentioned, Chrissy, that that's the most important thing for your kids to see is for you to model that in your own life. Love that. What about you, Candace? So th there's so many, right? But one that I love a lot is actually out of Isaiah. It's um, he's really talking about the that perpetual covenant of peace. And in Isaiah 54, I think it's 13, the verse is all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. And what I love about that is it's such a great reminder for me. Like first, I'm just like, Lord, make that be true. Make that be true of us as a family that all shall be taught by the Lord. And it's a reminder to me that while I love to be in charge of things, I love to be the driver of things and <laughs> the teacher of things that I want my children to be taught by the Lord. And so part of my role is making space for that creating opportunity, but making space for them to hear from the Lord themselves and great shall be the peace of your children. What more could I want for my children than that peace that passes understanding that I can't control all of their circumstances. I'm, they're going to make decisions and probably suffer consequences that I may not, or that I could see coming, 
but it's theirs. And if they can learn to live in that peace that he provides, what greater gift could I, you know, could I ask for, for my kids? The great word. And I mean, don't we just, we get so hyper-focused with our children on them being happy and we just want to hear it's all good. It's all good. How are you doing? Good, good. Okay, great. You know, now I can go on with my life if I know my kids are doing well, right? But that isn't God's goal for them to not have in, in the world. I mean, he tells us in the word, you know, you will have trouble. And so, and we know during those suffering times, during those hard days is when we are really fine-tuned and our children draw closer to the Lord. So why wouldn't we want those things for them? But we don't. And yeah. so, because we don't want to see our, our children hurt and we don't want to see them struggle. And I think that has just been one of the hardest parts about watching my kids grow up is having to step back, just like everybody has said, and trust the Lord. And parenting in itself is a faith journey. I mean, it will build our faith and trust muscle like nothing else can. And so when we can really get that and stay back and allow God to work on the hearts of our children, especially our adult children, because that's where the rubber meets the road. When our, when our kids hit adulthood, now they're going out and, and, and forging their own path and making their own decisions. And they're not under that umbrella of us anymore. And so now it's their big opportunity to have, to let this relationship that's been fostered with Jesus all these years for that to solely become theirs and them to affect their world and the people in their path. But it's, it's definitely a faith journey that we're on as we raise these children and especially into adulthood. But one of my, you know, I love my gray hair scriptures, Chrissy, but (laughs) one of my favorites is Psalm 71. Verse 17, oh God, you have taught me from my youth and to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now, also when I'm old and gray headed, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And I think, well, there's our marching orders, right? We have to continue to declare the goodness of God to our children, to our adult children, and to the next generation. So I think for us, we just have to remember that nothing's really changed. Yes, there's some boundaries now and it's it, it it's different, okay? Our kids don't need us anymore. And if you've been in empty nest for long enough, you're like, woohoo, that's a good thing. And so, but initially it's hard. And so to, to just to realize our new role that has changed, but really nothing has changed because we're still about bringing glory to God, about focusing on the goodness of the Lord, about trusting him, and then making sure that we're telling everyone that comes in our path. So I, I love that part of it. And just also just, I remember in Paul Tripp's book, Age of Opportunity, he talked a lot about the fruits of our labors and you're seeing the fruit now of your labors. And I think for all of us, you know, Candace, the jury's still out, you know, because you still got kiddos at home, but with your older boys, watching them in ministry and do their, you know, be responsible and all that, you're seeing the fruits of your labors. And I think that's been one of the biggest blessings of watching our, our, um, our children grow up. Yeah. Amen. I love that. I love that. Well, girls, this has been so fun. 
I kind of feel like Bill Gaither and the homecoming friends just <laughs> all came together and talked about what the Lord's doing and how he's using our children and how he's blessed us with his most precious gifts. So I know this podcast will encourage many. So thank you, Linda. Thank you, Candace, for joining us today. And may God bless all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm.